You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. I am glad you've taken some time out to join us. If you've got anything you'd like to get our take on that Shannon and I would be glad to do a future show on, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes if you like what you hear specifically. Give us a five-star review because that helps spread the word and other people can then find our show and they can have fantastic, out-of-this-world types of sex that we talk about here. Hey, Corey. Oh, yes. Can I tell you a fantastic out-of-this-world joke? I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I was speaking in North Carolina last week at a Christian high school, and a a kid actually shared this joke with me. He says that um, in this monastery, this uh, young monk approaches an older monk, and he says, "Um, can you help me? Um, discern this passage of scripture and what it actually means. And, and the monk looked at it and said, well, this is going to take, you know, some really intense study and deliberate prayer. And so he says, I'm going to spend some time down in the, you know, down in the the lower level of the monastery and and I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray about this. And, and a while later, the younger monk hears this, this screaming, this blood curling screaming, he goes running down to see what's wrong with the older monk. And, and he says, sir, what is it? What is it? And he says, oh my goodness. It says celebrate, not celibate. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Corey, aren't you glad that we get to celebrate sexuality (laughs) and that we are not called to celibacy? (laughs) Well, I mean, for one thing, Celibacy would mean the human race would cease to exist. Exactly. <laughs> it may be fine for the monks, I but mean, it is not good for the masses. Right, because because <laughs> you know, sex does have a purpose in mind. You know, the procreation it does you know it does perpetuate the species and keep things going. But man, it also provides well, so know, much I, more. I, there you go. I I love that that it does create beautiful babies and all. But I think that a lot of women get hung up on, yeah, but once I've had all the babies that we're having, or if I don't want to have any in the next nine months, then we don't need to have sex. But God intended so much more, or or, our sexuality is just about so much more than creating babies. It is about creating bonding and pleasure and intimacy. Yep. And that's, so that's the one thing that jumps out to me from what you just said is that if sex wasn't designed and intended for pleasure, there's a good title for a book. Um, then <laughs> I think it, there, are, there already is one called that, yeah, it's, it's pleasure. Pro- probably well known <laughs> among lots of people that are Sorry, listening. Sorry, it's been done. That's all right. Um, but it's it, if it wasn't designed for pleasure, then why in the world does the female have a clitoris? Because the exactly. only purpose it serves <laughs> is pleasure. You know, you got thousands of nerve endings. In a few little inches that are actually visible, but is that the clitoris is actually much longer than just a few little inches that are visible? And you well, got- it, let me let me give you some numbers so that people can actually visualize what a cool creation the clitoris actually is. Um, I love that we're starting out the show talking about clitorises. <laughs> um, this is my kind of show. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, but when when babies are born, or I'm sorry, when babies are conceived, they actually start out identical. Right. There's no difference between right. how a baby boy starts and how a baby girl starts. But at a certain week of gestation, the 
chromosomes kick in and start either growing a penis or it doesn't. It just remains a vagina. But the male penis has 4,000 nerve endings in yep. the tip. But the female clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. That's not even fair. I know. And so the whole thing of well, sex is just something that, you know, that's for men. They enjoy it, but it's it's not really, you know, it doesn't really float women's boats. Excuse me? <laughs> have you discovered your clitoris yet? Have, have you felt those 8,000 nerve endings? Yeah, so the whole thing that sex is a marital duty for women, it's like, no, 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 no. It is no. a marital delight. Yes, it is. And that's one of those things that it's, it's interesting because it can be for the woman, it could be, well, I, I don't even know about that. But, you know, there's men that don't even know about that. There's, there's oh, that's men, sad but true. There's men that don't know proper ways to engage their wife during, before, well, before, during, and after sex. Right. And it, right. And it is such a focused, it's just about me as the guy <laughs> that it's like, well, no wonder she's not going to be interested because, man, what have you done for her? Right. And, and, you know, I feel like we can't just tease men and go on to the next topic. So can we just camp out there for a second? Let's please do. <laughs> for the man who's going, okay, where is it? And, and how do I trip that trigger? And, uh, you know, and there may even be women who honestly don't know. You know, for little boys, I mean, there's no question about where their penis is. I mean, they're going around just, uh, you know, just dancing and just making it jiggle all the time as soon as their diaper comes off. But little girls, we don't we don't get that luxury with our clitoris. We usually don't even know that it's there right. until well, our teen years. It's because it's usually hidden by the clitoral hood, and it and it kind of is a nice little protective tucked away. Right. And, and hidden by the labia as well, <laughs> yeah. the, the internal labia and the outer labia. But how you find this magical little hot spot on your wife, gentlemen, is if she is laying on her back and you are looking at her belly button and you are just going straight down into where, where the crack of the folds of her skin begin, if you just go until you feel the tiniest little bump, I mean, it's like the, the eraser mm -hmm. on the end of a pencil, that small of a bump, mm -hmm. that that is most likely her clitoris. And it does require direct stimulation mm -hmm. in order for her to experience any pleasure at all, but it's not an elevator button. Don't just poke, 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 <laughs> <laughs> trying to make something happen. No. What she finds pleasurable. Right. Um, and, and something that you also need to be aware of, just like men would never, I mean, let me just give you the test question. What is the one biological response that is required in a man's body before he can ever have intercourse? What has to happen? Um, let's see. There has to be fine wine. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. It's, it there has to be an erection. I mean, you, you, exactly. have, you have, he has to stand at attention. Exactly. There has to be blood flow to the penis. Yep. And if he will remember that the female body is very similar in nature to that, yep. he has to do something to turn her on yep. and get her aroused. And usually women are aroused by what they hear. So talking pretty to her and talking sexy to her and making her feel really special, that will get those juices flowing. Because if she tries to let you stimulate her clitoris prior to it being engorged Not with good. blood. Not good. It can be painful. Yep. She can actually think that she doesn't like clitoral stimulation. Yep. Just like you wouldn't want someone playing with your penis when there's not any blood there. Maybe you would just so you well, can get hold blood on a there. Hold on. Let's camp out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Disclaimer. Play with it anytime you want. Is that... <laughs> 
but yeah, the idea is that you need to get some blood flow there and you have to be very intentional yeah. about stimulating it either, either with your fingers or your tongue or some type of marital toy that you choose, yep. but don't expect that she's going to orgasm automatically with just intercourse alone because right. only 30% of women report that they can right. have an orgasm with, with intercourse alone. Right. So 70% of women require clitoral stimulation, but when she, when she discovers that hot spot and she realizes the power that it holds to make her feel really, really good, mm -hmm. then I think that she opens herself up a lot more to the possibility that she may get as much out of this as her husband does. Absolutely. And, and mm -hmm. husbands can learn. I mean, even when you're talking about just penile vaginal intercourse, there's, there's positions that can stimulate the clitoris during that. It's, Very true. And it's not just typical. It's not just the typical missionary position. You know, the, it, you usually have to either angle your body a little more upright on top. So that way, as you are penetrating her, you do st you, you hit the clitoris too. you know, with, with your body. And that'll mm -hmm. provide some also her on top. Then you can have access with your fingers, her fingers, both. So, exactly. So there's lots of different ways. And that's where. The beautiful thing of sex and the secretness that you get to create in that world with someone else is you get a chance to kind of explore and talk and and just see and like, hey, let's try this. Or, you know, I was one, I was listening, you know, because I can see this now that hopefully a, a wife has listened to Sexy Marriage Radio and they're like, ooh, I want to learn about that. And they go home and they say, honey, do you know where my clitoris <laughs> is? And he says, yeah, let's find it, you know, or, and then all of a sudden there's a whole new realm that's open to him maybe. And that's, that's a great thing to think about. Absolutely. And are you talking about different positions that couples can try that make her clitoris a lot more accessible to digital stimulation? Mm -hmm. I know that there are probably some listeners who are going, oh, but wait a minute, isn't the missionary position the only righteous way or holy way to Please. have sex? Please, please, please. That's ridiculous. You you want to know where the missionary position actually got its name? Please do. Are, are you familiar? Um, I don't think I am familiar with this, actually. Yeah, it's actually um, European missionaries. And Europeans are kind of, you know, they, they're kind of known for being a little bit uptight. But they would go to these third world countries to evangelize them. But they would see tribes people having sex all kinds of different ways and they would freak out and say, Oh no, 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 you're supposed to do it. You know, woman on bottom, man on top, you know, once a week lights off. I don't know what other things they added to it, <laughs> but the tribes people would just laugh at them and say, yeah, no, that may be the missionary position, uh, but our ways are better. Yep. So it was never meant, it was never meant to be a prescription for the only acceptable way to have sex. It was meant to be a mockery of you're ridiculous to think that that's the only way that you should have sex because we are given freedom and creativity to have sex any way, shape or form that we can imagine. Um, we just, we have complete freedom mm -hmm. to do whatever position feels good. And I love it. Even after 23 years of marriage, when we're having a really fun afternoon and all of a sudden one of us goes, wait a minute, have we ever done it this way before? It's like, no, it's like Christopher Columbus. You know, we've, we've chartered new territory. Sail. <laughs> well, and okay. Here's a, here's a different way to think that, think about that idea. And, uh, because if you think about it in the way I'm phrasing it at this point, sex is really leftovers. Okay. Are you familiar with this one, Shannon? No, go for it. Okay. 
you know, it, it, you know, obviously it's with this show, just to be clear so that everybody, if you're new to this show, Shannon and I are not married to each other. We, we represent two different relationships, two different marriages with 40 plus years combined, uh, in, in married life. So we get two different perspectives, two different relationships, but the idea of sex as leftovers is that, you know, you meet your spouse and they get to decide whatever's gross, perverted, disgusting, and that they don't want to do. I get to decide whatever I think is gross, perverted, and disgusting, and that I don't want to do, and then we do whatever's left over. Ah, oh, that's a good way to look at it. And so we really, oftentimes in marriage, we have sex to the lowest common denominator most of the time, which is kind of sad <laughs> if you think about it. Well, so, well, but here's the challenge that I want to put out there okay. is that, you, you know what I love about leftovers sometimes? <laughs> Sometimes food is much better left over yeah. than when you had it the first time because yeah. it's after it's had a chance to sit and absorb all the spices, it actually tastes better. Yep. And that's, so, that's where Gina and I had the phrase of sex is like pizza. You know, sometimes it's hot, but even cold pizza is good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for breakfast is yeah. really, that, that's the breakfast of champions. <laughs> there's right a there, whole, there's a whole nother show right there, but, <laughs> but how you do, so the, my thought would be, let's have a quick detour down this path of, how do you get a person or a couple to expand their repertoire you just to to say you know hey because i i could see a, a a couple listening to this show and saying man that's me i've never sex is just missionary position or it's fairly monotonous and it's fairly routine and the scripts that we follow man there's like one and one a and that's really all we ever do yeah, and there's rarely ever engorgement. So right, the idea yeah. of having a really mind-blowing orgasm is kind of foreign to me. Right, and I've yeah. and I've received emails from women that have said that have stated I've never experienced an orgasm, and I really want to, but mm -hmm. I don't know how. And so, how do you get? How do you move then from routine to adventure? Because that's a hard leap for people. It is. It is, and, and I get that. Here's the challenge that I would give a coaching client who posed to me that dilemma of how do we get out of our rut? Mm -hmm. How do we learn about what brings each other pleasure is the idea of self-touch and the idea of kind of giving a tutorial of um, letting your spouse watch you pleasure yourself and just explore yourself. And some people I know knee jerk reaction of, oh my gosh, oh, no, that would be masturbation. That. that would be wrong. Yeah, no, we're not talking about right. separating yourself from your spouse in order to take matters into your own hands. We're talking about healthy exploration because if you don't know what brings your body pleasure, how in the world will your spouse know? Right. And how can you tell your spouse where you like to be touched if you don't even know yourself? Right. And so I, I remember early in our marriage, I would actually ask Greg, would you please just do what you've been doing since you were probably 12 years old and just let me watch because I really wanted to just take in as a student, you know, what parts does he put more pressure on it and, and mm -hmm. how fast does he go? Because when I engage in trying to pleasure my husband, I want to know that I'm being successful. Right. I want to know that what I'm doing to him is actually what registers in his brain as pleasure. Right. And so women can do the same thing. They can teach their husbands, what feels good to them, but first they have to discover it for themselves. Right, and and I'm also thinking though you could do, you could discover it together because there's you're going to have some that are a little more reserved. Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, do it together. Have have him help, and take some time. I mean, I I can think of I don't 
I don't know, Shannon, is there a right way versus a wrong? The wrong way would be just continue doing what you're doing <laughs> and, and don't explore <laughs> anything else. I would see that as possibly that that being close to the wrong category. But the rest of it, you got tons of freedom. Well, here's another wrong way, though, Corey. Okay. A lot of women say they don't enjoy having sex with their husbands because they find it painful. Well, if he's doing something that's causing you pain, to not right. speak up right. and teach him that that doesn't do a thing for you, that in, in, if anything, it turns you off, right. that that's wrong. He needs to know because the last thing he wants to do is turn you off. Yeah. I don't know of a husband whose goal is to turn his wife off in bed. Right, because the, the opposite is actually true in the sense that nothing turns on a man more than a sexually turned on woman. Absolutely. And, and there's ways to do it that's going to be more encouraging than others. For you to call attention to what he's doing wrong isn't going to be nearly as helpful or ego boosting as if you were just to simply make a suggestion as to what right. would feel better. Right. So look at it as coaching, not not critiquing, not exactly. being critical. Yeah, because it's because it's a collaboration. I mean, it's a you, you both have something you're seeking in this encounter, and and let and go with it. So take take cues from each other, speak up, guide, follow, guide, follow. I mean, it's that's the beauty of it is that it doesn't have to be a script. It's like it's like the email I mentioned last in our last show in the beginning of our journey together officially. Shannon, that it's the, the, the wife that woke up the husband in the middle of the night and they still can't find her panties. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an off-script moment. And those are the yep. times that we remember the most. Because if you think about it, if you, if you think about your most outstanding, fantastic, erotic, passionate sexual encounter of your life, typically there was a level of anxiety there. You know, there was there was a, a newness. Yeah, there was a newness there. There was a, ooh, I've never done this before. Yep. I kind of like this, you know. And so it's it, you're not calm during those situations. And typically we run from things that make us nervous. And what we're talking about in this show is don't run from things that make you nervous when you're in bed and you're talking about your body and you're talking about your spouse's body. You can still make your decisions on, no, I think that's perverted. But hopefully – you know, I, when you go back to that idea of sex is leftovers, I that I bring up something with my wife and she's like, I think that's perverted. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I want to do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, let me tell you what women are thinking right now. Let me tell you why some of their toenails are curling. Okay. okay? And not, and not words... in a good way, you mean? Because I like cur curl your toes sex. <laughs> yeah, not in a good way. Okay. Not in the way that you curl your, your wife's toenails. Okay. Um, there are a lot of women out there who are hearing you use a four-letter word who are either taking offense or scared to death. Do you know what four-letter word I'm talking about? I'm not even going to venture a guess because... It, it's, it's talk. Uh-oh. T-A-L-K. Because yep. here's the thing. Boys growing up, what do they naturally do? They talk. They talk about sex. Yep. That that's what they're talking about in the locker room, on the school bus. Yep. Yeah. You know, just they feel so comfortable talking openly about sex because it's it's kind of like you know like the way his penis is just out there. Then his sexuality is just out <laughs> it is, there. Every, yeah, it's just out there. They're they're telling sex jokes and they're you know surfing on the internet for anything that they can learn about. And but women are not taught to talk about their sexuality. As a matter of fact, some women have never talked about their sexuality, mm -hmm. not even with their own mothers. And so the idea of talking in bed, like what? 
that's a scary proposition. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to encourage women that if this is a scary proposition to you, start there. Start there and say, I've never really felt the freedom to talk to you about what brings me pleasure, but I'm realizing now because of listening to sexy marriage radio that sex is communication. Yep. And how can we really effectively communicate with each other if we don't feel the freedom or if I don't feel the freedom to talk to you. And so even this, uh, d discovering or, or developing a sexual vocabulary yep. is a great place to start. Yep. Um, how would you walk someone through developing their own sexual vocabulary that they can have conversations about anything and everything in their marriage? Well, it's, it's really just kind of getting it, allowing it to hit home in the sense of, all right, what are the things what are the parameters? What are the hurdles? What are the fears that you have to, that keep you from speaking up? Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of knock those down one at a time. I mean, because listening to you talk about, I could hear a, a, a huge reserve of, oh, I don't want to speak up in bed. I don't want to speak up during sex. I can't. I would lose it. I would break my concentration. I would whatever. And, and so instead, all right, well, if, if you're a wife that has some things that you really want to address, don't do it during sex. Do it beforehand. You know, mm. do it, do or it at, after. Yeah. In the afternoon. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, do, it, do it at lunch and kind of set the stage for what's coming that day. He will love you for that. <laughs> that yeah. It, and make it even more practical in that sit down, both of you, with pen and paper and make a list of, uh, of proper medical terms mm -hmm. of penis vagina, intercourse, oral sex, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And then ask yourself, are these the words that actually turn me on or turn my spouse on? Chances are the medical terms aren't. <laughs> Not usually. And, but a lot of people feel as if they would be you know, using slang terms or inappropriate words. Okay, well then develop a word that works for you. Right. For example, I, I was working with a particular couple. They actually were missionaries. So they did have sex in the missionary position a lot. And they were trying to, to expand their repertoire. And I asked them, tell me about your sexual vocabulary. And they both just had blank looks on their face. And I said, well, you know, what do you refer to his penis as? What, what do you call her vagina? And they both just looked at me like, you've really lost it, lady. Right. Like they honestly did not have any kind of vocabulary. And so we talked about the different slang terms that they had heard and none of them really sounded very palatable. And, and so finally he, uh, he came up with um, that he hasn't been to Tahiti in a while. That if he referred to his wife's vagina as someplace <laughs> exotic and uh -huh. inviting, where That's he fantasized good. going about frequently, that he could get the point across that, hey, I would really enjoy some sexual intimacy with you by saying, I'd love to go to Tahiti right. tonight. I and love, it worked for them. I love that. I haven't visited Tahiti in a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I like who that. doesn't want to go to Tahiti? <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> But find a vocabulary that works for you, where mm -hmm. it turns you both on. Because if you're using words that are a turnoff to each other, that, that's not going to build intimacy. Right. And then have the courage that when you do have the times that, that's, that something is said, something is done that is a turnoff, you can reestablish that alliance with each other. It doesn't have to end it. You know, because I can think of, well, I, st I, I, st I stuck my toe in the water and I checked it out. And then you said something that was inappropriate or you wanted to do something that no, I'm not ready for. So I'm done as opposed to, no, 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 let's go back to where we're kind of comfortable and then let's venture again from there because it is a work in progress. It's a process. Yes. Speak up about the words that you find um, distasteful mm -hmm. and help your spouse 
learn words that you find erotic because the goal is to be turned on and to turn your spouse on and to be turned on together. Yeah, exactly. And that typically happens in the moment. I mean, you can plan it, but then have the freedom and willingness to explore where it goes. I mean, <laughs> Shannon, it's like this show. We we had very something, organic. We had something specifically designed and intended, and we have not even come close to what we were going to do a show on. And, and I'm not going to apologize. I'm not for either because this was is very spontaneous. Exactly because this is this is what sexy marriage is really all about. Because oftentimes some of the best sexual experiences are spontaneous and organic. It is it's one of those you know man I have in mind kind of what I want to have happen tonight with my wife. And we didn't go anywhere near it, but it was so much better than I even thought it would be. I mean, that's that's kind of what sex is. Would you say that about this show, Corey? Would you say that what we've done the past 30 minutes is even better than what we <laughs> oh, thought sure. we would do? Absolutely, because it's, it's one of those, <laughs> let's talk real about what's going on. And if nothing else, we introduce a couple to their clitoris, man. That's a win. And, and, and give them a vocabulary. Yeah, we're helping them build a foundation. That, that is a that win. they can add to. Right. I mean, Absolutely. If, if a husband can explore and discover his wife's clitoris and learn how to engage it well, I'm expecting lots of emails to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com of thanks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and when, you, we'll just say, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you think so, because that's that's one of those things that all of a sudden you can open up possibilities that maybe you yeah. didn't even know were, were there. And And hey, Corey, for next time, Let's talk about how to find her G-spot, okay? Oh, 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 the elusive, the scary. <laughs> is, is it a mystery? Ooh, we don't know. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio with Shannon Etheridge and Corey Allen. We're glad you joined us. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to us. If you've got anything you want to hear or we didn't cover it right, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope it leads to a lot more sex. Have a great day. <laughs>